what up what up what up welcome back to the scorecard the boxing scorecard where i ask people to bring your scorecard and an explanation not just simply your opinion last night we had the heavyweight bout uh, between jared anderson and mr charles martin let's get right into it here for the scorecard the official scorecard um was two judges had it 99 to 90 and one judge had it exactly how i had it uh, which was 98 to 91. we can start with that quick scorecard real quick and just run through the rest of the picks thank you very much just to give you a quick background on these guys charles martin coming in with a record of 29 uh 29 wins with 27 26 knockouts with only four losses um, he had a little, he had a good run at the, at that uh, he's 37 years old now. So he's getting kind of towards the end of his career. Um, he had a good run. He was a champion, um, lost his heavyweight championship to Anthony Joshua. Um, and back in 2016. Yeah. We see the score. Yep. Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, there's the scorecard right there. Thank you very much for that. Um, Charles Martin lost his, um, heavyweight championship back in 2016 to Anthony Joshua. Since then, he's gone six and six wins and, and only two losses. The second one was just last night. Um, and he showed why he's a, 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 a smart veteran. Switching up to Jared Anderson real quick. We can switch through the rest of the picks now. Jared Anderson still coming up. This was a big step up for Jared Anderson coming in with 15 wins uh 14 of them went well he came into this fight 14 wins 14 knockouts um with the uh the only one that went the distance was the the fight from last night so this was a big step up for him this was a big step for him he's only 23 years old um his ass is like i said this was a big step up for him so let's get right into uh into into the scorecard round one like i said you can switch through those picks whenever you get the chance to round one um my scorecard for round one was i gave it to actually charles martin even though even though anderson was coming forward a lot more uh, my exact notes for round one was anderson came on late but martin threw and landed more to the body uh Nobody really landed any significant uh, significant punches up top. As I get the highlights on in the background here. Nobody really landed anything strong up top. Round two. The next the next three rounds I gave to, to Anderson. Round two um, gave to Jared Anderson. Um, Anderson landed more and was more aggressive. Martin looked more in retreat mode as opposed to, to counter punching sometimes you can move backwards and still be a, you know still be a good boxer and still do your thing but in this in this case here it looked like martin who was the veteran he looked like more he was in more in retreat mode he was he was throwing his punches but more like get off of me type punches not like i'm trying to hurt you type punches he was trying to he was trying to you know look for, look for the right spots a little bit too long round three Round three actually marked it as a as a close round. Um, marked round three as a close round. It there was wasn't much action. My exact notes for round three was boring round. Anderson caught him at the end, 
uh, uh, um, to win the round. He caught him good. He caught he caught Charles Martin good in that uh, at the end of that third round. Um, but it was a little bit so that that game that made it a t- automatic 10-8 in the professional uh, ranking. It made it a 10-8 round, even though there wasn't much much action uh, before that. That's why I marked that as a close round, not because there was a lot of action going on. Because you know wasn't sure what what was going to happen. Round four, Anderson throwing bombs. Um, Martin, he was already on on backup retreat mode to begin with. Um, so after when when Anderson hurt him, hurt him at the end of the third round, um, he felt he could come forward a lot more in that fourth one. Um, Martin retreating, surviving. He's a veteran, though, so uh, so don't be surprised if go, this goes the distance. Yes, this was round four that I made that note. I said don't be surprised if this fight goes the distance because he's a, a veteran. That knows that knows how to how to hang on. Um, he got stopped, like I said, by Anthony Joshua. Let me check out the rest of his uh the rest of his other wins. All of them, most of them went. Oh, yeah, he's stopping guys actually. When he wins Charles Martin, when he went on that six, when those six fights that he won since um well, my bad. That was that was uh <laughs> that was Jared Anderson's stats I was looking at. Look, I'm looking at Charles Martin here to see if most of his other fights went the distance. Nope. Yeah, he um, when he wins, he's like stopping guys. Since he lost to Anthony Joshua back in 2016, he's won six fights since then. He lost. He lost to Adam Kawanaki by decision. Kawanaki is a very good boxer. Lost to Luis Ortiz. He got stopped by Ortiz. Um, that was his only stoppage. And then Jared Anderson, he lost by on, on points. He only got hurt in that third round. In his other fights and Charles Martin's other wins, like he hurts guys. It's like I said, he has 26 knockouts in his 29 fights. And it doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter. Of course, you know, the level of competition uh, 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 matters, you know, not, but not everyone, even at the, even if, even if, at, if it's at the lower levels, if you're stopping every single one of those opponents, that is an impressive thing to do. So, um, yeah, so Jared Anderson still had to be careful. My whole point of bringing all that whole speech up is that Jared Anderson still had to be careful um, boxing this guy. You know, Anderson still only at 15 fights, still on his way up. So this was a, a, a big step up for him. So that was round four. Round five. Round five actually gave to Charles Martin. My specific notes for for round five: Martin hurt him bad. A straight. Oh yes, this was the round that um, that Martin caught uh, that Martin caught Jared Anderson. Hurt him bad. It was that with a straight one-two right down the middle. With a straight one-two right down the middle, and then a, and then a hard straight cross. And that specifically comes from uh, from Jared Anderson's defense. One of his one of his best tools is making his opponent miss, not just blocking punches, but making his opponent miss. And I always say, uh, uh, as a coach, coaching boxers, blocking is good, but making the person miss is even better. Because even if you're blocking, like if, if someone's throwing punches, if I'm throwing punches, even if you're blocking most of them, I'm I'm still confident. I'm still confident that I'm still touching you 
and one of them is going to get through. But if I'm throwing all the time and you're just making me completely miss, that's what discourages people. Like this is a perfect example right here. Um, the way that Jared Anderson leans back like that, he two things. He leans back further than than most people can lean back. But he's not just leaning on it like leaning back from his back. He's putting the weight onto his back leg. He's putting the weight onto his back leg. A little bit excessive with the with the upper body, but it it works for him, and it works for him ninety percent of the time. Um, the problem is when people throw hooks like this, like Charles Martin threw, threw this hook right here. Yeah, you can lean lean back and make it make a person miss all day, and then come back with a quick hard jab or a hard straight cross like Muhammad Ali used to do, make you miss and make you pay quickly like that. The problem with this type of defense with with the straight going back, which Anderson was doing most of the time is that when someone comes with a straight one, two, right down the middle, if they, if they turn their hip and pivot their foot and make that cross long enough, they're going to reach you, which is that, which is exactly what happened in that fifth round when, uh, when Martin uh, hurt, he didn't drop him. Um, so it wasn't a 10, eight. So it wasn't a 10, eight round, even though it could be like in recent times, Sometimes if, if someone's really hurt badly and, and barely surviving the round, um, you know, judges have been, I guess, encouraged to mark it as a 10-8 round to, you know, to, to reward that other person. But anyway, um, my scorecard didn't reflect that. I didn't mark it a 10-8 round, even though Anderson was very badly hurt in that fifth round um, with a straight one-two from that southpaw stance from Martin right down the middle. And then later on in the round, Another hard straight cross from that southpaw stance, hard straight left right down the middle. Anderson leaning back. Um, so yeah, uh, um, survived that fifth round. Did Anderson still marked it as a just a 10-9 round and 10-9 round. Round six. Um, round six. This is where Anderson showed his boxing skills. Because uh, after being badly hurt in that last round, Anderson clear, clearly won the sixth round um, with his jab, with his jab alone. And remember, Anderson is, is an orthodox, so he stands with his left foot forward. His opponent, Martin, is a southpaw standing with his right foot forward. You'll hear a lot of people say, you know, it's hard to throw jabs against a southpaw. If you have a good jab, you have a good jab. It doesn't matter what stance the person's in. Um, and Anderson definitely showed that in that sixth round. He won that jab with his sixth round. Uh, he won that sixth round with his jab alone. Um, it helped him. My exact notes for that was uh, helped keep Martin from throwing that lefty cross or a simple one-two because his initial jab was better. Yeah, and it was not. It wasn't just him throwing the jab. It was the speed of it. And once in a while, once in a while. Uh, um, Jared would throw a quick one-two right down the middle. This picture right here, <laughs> before people go crazy in the comment section about uh, 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 the comparison, obviously he is not at the level of, uh, of Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson yet, but he does show some some similar qualities with his um, with his movements and his ability to. When the perfect example is when he did that lean back like that excessive leaning back with his upper body, upper body like that. Nobody did that. Like he did that like Muhammad Ali. The way that he leaned back and then um, 
would come back with a, with, some, with a couple of good straight punches. Muhammad Ali is one of the only people that, uh, I mean, obviously all boxers can do it. Um, but as far as the excessive leaning back, not, uh, not as much. Um, and then the power of Mike Tyson, definitely displaying, displaying the power of Mike Tyson, um, with his, you know, 14 knockouts in his 14 fights last night against Martin was the first time he's actually gone to distance, which is good for certain boxers. Cause you, you need that experience. You know, you can't just, not that you can't just stop everyone, but you need some, some, uh, you need to get that uh, that experience in there against against good guys. Um, all right, back to the scorecard. Round seven. Round seven, and for the rest of the fight, I gave the rest of the rounds to Anderson. Real quickly through the rounds. Round seven, Anderson sticking to the basics, quick jabs and one twos. The speed is what is what keep is what is keeping Martin hesitant. Um, yeah, exactly. I've heard boxers say this before too, like. Certain boxers might win a fight because they have a little bit more uh, uh, um, power than the person, and they were able to still use their boxing skills. But uh, you know, I was gonna say man strength. When you're in your twenties, everyone has you know you're still you're still strong. But some guys have that extra that extra gear of strength that their opponent, if even if they're faster. They're kind of they're kind of worried about their opponent's power, so they hesitate to throw. And then there's other cases where there's a boxer with that has except exceptional speed, even though they might not have the power, but they have exceptional speed, and they're able to keep uh, um, their opponent, which is has more power, off of them. Keep their opponent, which has more power, hesitating from coming after them because they're worried about the speed. Um, and that's what Charles Martin was doing. I mean, sorry, that's what Jared Anderson was doing to Martin for the rest of the fight, basically. Not hurting Martin, but just throwing fast enough punches and quick one-twos and quick, fast combinations that kept Martin hesitant from walking into that fire. Round eight, Anderson keeps looking at the clock. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This was the question mark about Mr. Anderson. Um, perhaps maybe because, uh, you know, he, he did look – for some reason he kept looking at the clock which is an obvious sign that um that you're tired or looking you know looking to see how you're you're going to pace yourself for the west, for the rest of the round usually boxers only do that well not necessarily cuz fighters that have been in there with floyd say that he like when he, when he ties you up he'll, he'll take a quick glance at the at the clock to see to see um uh, how much time is left to see, you know, whatever strategy he's going to use for that round. So we know, we know Floyd's never out of shape. So it's not necessarily showing a sign that you're tired, but in most cases it is. <laughs> in most cases, someone's, if a boxer's looking up at the clock to see how much time's left, they're, they're trying to see how much, you know, cause it's cause they're tired and want to see how they got to pace themselves. And Anderson was doing that a couple of times before I, I i i just wrote this down the eighth round but he did that a couple of times before that martin still martin my other notes for round eight was martin is still dangerous very close to landing something big heavyweights doesn't take much obviously um yeah you can still tell even though anderson was was clearly winning these rounds he still had to be careful because martin was still dangerous which is why i say sometimes like even the, the, you know the wide scorecard doesn't always tell exactly how the fight went 
this was a wide scorecard for Anderson, but it was still a dangerous fight. Round nine. Um, my notes for round nine was commentator said it perfectly. This is still a fight. I wrote still in capital letters. Like I said, he's the, Martin was still dangerous from that southpaw stance. Not just because he's a southpaw, because he's he's a good southpaw. And last round, this was a 10-round fight. Anderson trying to finish finish him, but Martin was durable. Oh, yes, and Martin bombed him. Martin bombed Anderson, like, probably in the last 10, 15, 10 seconds of the round. Um, it would have been interesting to see how um, Anderson would have been able to recover if that was a 12-round fight. Um, again, learning experience. He won the fight, but still a very good learning experience for, for Charles Martin. And uh, let's take a look at the the um, the rankings as I pull them up here. So, of course, uh, well, I don't know what uh, what uh, Mr. Fury is doing, but I, I have said this ever since. He stepped up to the heavyweight division. That Oleksandr Usyk is the best heavyweight in boxing. Yes, I said this before. Tyson Fury and and Wilder even fought. I believed in in Oleksandr Usyk's skills. Um. Anyways, before I go on my my thing about Usyk, let's stick to Anderson and Martin. Where they're at right now, Martin, again, Martin, he's 37 years old, coming towards the end of his career, still a good um, still a good veteran at this point. I guess you can call him a, a gatekeeper, uh, someone who's someone who's like uh, he's he he'd be a very good test for someone that's on the rise. You know, when you get through the 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 C level competition, C level competition. And you're stepping up to like B minus level competition. Charles Martin would be at that B level competition, um, if that. So that's where he would be at, especially at 37 years old. But like I said, he was still dangerous right up until the, the last round. Don't see him in any of the rankings. Um, but Anderson, where is he in the in the ring? He's not ranked in the ring. Anderson is. Yeah, also he's ranked in the WBA at number eight. He is not ranked by WBC. And I don't see him ranked. Um, and he's ranked by WBO at number eight. So he's in the top ten in three out of the five uh, major belt sanctions. So he's working his way up. Like I said, he's only at 15 fights right now. But he right now he, 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 he passes the eye test. Um he got hurt once. Well, he got hurt twice. We didn't. We didn't at the end of the last round. He got hurt early uh, in this fight, and he and he weathered the storm. He got hurt bad at the end of that fifth round, and then convincingly won the sixth round, um, which showed which showed that he was um, you know kept his composure and fought smart because he didn't get all wild. He used his jab. He used his boxing skills to get him back. To, to, to give him some time to get back into that fight. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't uh, – let's not be too hard on him. 
let him give him some time to to get better. This was also his first time fighting in front of his uh in at his in his hometown of Ohio. So of course there's that extra added pressure fighting in front of all your family and friends and, and the expectations inside and outside of the ring. You gotta think about those things too. Um, what else are we looking at though? Who could be next for Anderson? Um I think he needs a few more step-up fights. This, you know, a few more step-up fights. This guy, Linier Perro, uh, um, ranked number four by DBL, by the WBA. He was a former uh, Cuban star. Luis Ortiz is getting up there. Not sure how much he has left, but I guess that would be a name to put on your resume, someone that's um, older in age but has a name and still has the skills, kind of like Charles Martin, to uh, to test you. Kind of like um, Klitschko at 39 years old when when Tyson Fury fought him, right? It wasn't the same Klitschko, but it was a very good name. And Klitschko would, you know, still had had good enough skills to to give Fury a, a test. But at 39 years old, you know, definitely was no not expecting him to win that one. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Frankie Sanchez. Yes, Frankie Sanchez would be a good fight. Um Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz is probably look. Andy Ruiz is looking for more bigger fights with more money. Uh, him and Wilder hopefully can get it on. Rather knock him out and then uh, step up, step up and fight Anthony Joshua. I'm still, I still want to see that Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder fight. I'm Deontay Wilder versus anybody is going to be exciting for the simple fact that he has that one hitter quitter. One of the only people. Like you can honestly say that um, all it takes is one um, most of the time. So Tyson Fury is the only person to, to actually survive that, and he even went down a couple times in each fight. You know whether you, whether you believe Tyson Fury won all three fights or you know he, he clearly won the last two. Um, he had to earn those by walking through those bombs. He got knocked down several times. Um, but other than that, Wilder, him, who else would you say? Somebody, I even checked the the, the comments. Um, who else would you say has that one-punch knockout power in boxing? I would say Gervonta Davis. Um, you got Better Beav at, at, at uh, light heavyweight, but Better Beav, he more, more so beats you up to, and stops you. Better Beav doesn't exactly have that one-punch knockout power. He really just beats you up. And makes you and just stops you to make your corner throw in a towel or the referee stop the fight. Um, but as far as just one punch, blah, out power, Wilder, uh, Tang Davis, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Even if you're not watching the show live, make, make, uh, leave some comments about who you think has that one punch KO power. Uh, who else we got? Oh, I believe, um, the rematch is set. Yes, thank you very much for those picks. Keep, keep rolling them through. Um, the rematch is set between uh, Zilly Zhang and Joe Joyce. Um, they fought a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I believe it was last in May uh, where Zhang stopped Joe Joyce. Well, they already got the rematch, I believe, for September. Um, not sure who's going to who's going to take that one. Zhang, this guy's like six foot eight, six foot eight long long tall lanky southpaw 
um, with good boxing skills, though, not just a not just a big body, but he actually has very good boxing skills. Uh, Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, he still has a lot left in the tank. Very interesting to see what his next move is going to be. Again, he's training with the number one boxer, I believe. I mean, the number one trainer in the sport, or at least one of the number one trainers in the sport, Derek James. I said I was saying that before he got all these these good guys um, in a stable. Now Anthony Joshua and Ryan Garcia is training with him too. But yeah, Derek James, one of the top guys. So, yeah, man, Anderson, he's got his handful, man. I you know I don't I don't this this heavyweight division still has some good guys. Otto Wallen. And it has because it has guys that are that you would consider low risk, but sorry, high risk but low reward. They they might not be big names, but they're guys that uh, will give you trouble. So it's hard to to to, for, to demand for big money. Like I believe in this fight, uh, Martin got a hundred thousand. Martin got a hundred thousand, and uh, Anderson got like two hundred thousand. What up, what up, what up? The Last Bell Boxing, the number one boxing podcast from the UK. Guy's a hype job, like I said. Anderson, how is he hype job? Are you, are you speaking about Anderson specifically? Um, because, again, he's only at 15 fights right now. So we can't, like, how are we going to judge someone as being a hype job at only 15 fights? Um, you know, that's, that's let him get fight some A-level competition and then and then go from there. And then we'll see see how he does from there. My man Carl from the Last Bell Boxing Club. What up? What up? Bo- Last Bell Boxing Show. Like I said, the number one boxing podcast from the UK. Um. So yeah, what else we got? Who? What? Um. He couldn't get a hold. Bang average. Charles Martin out of shape. Out out of there. Um. Yeah, Charles Martin survived. Charles Martin survived again. I think Anderson was trying to do that, but after getting hurt in that in that fifth round, he decided to outbox him instead of to instead of going after him to to get him out of there. He outboxed him instead of instead of trying to get him out of there. Uh, lucky he wasn't in there with a British fighter, or else he would have been left right hand. Good night. <laughs> um, that is that is for the future to see. Um, I, I believe Jared Anderson has the skills to uh, to uh, to be a very good champion one day. Again, he only has 15 fights, and he does have some some good competition to get through. How about him versus Dylan White in a couple of fights? Um, how would we how would, you know that would be a close one? Dylan White still ranked um, in the top 10 in most of these uh, sanctioning bodies. Uh, thank you, Carl. Much respect. Much respect. Um, who else we got? Who else we got? Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, Otto. I don't I can't remember if I mentioned Otto Wallen before, but again, he, he's one of those guys that is a high re, high risk but a low re, low reward because Otto Otto Wallen Otto Wallen gave Tyson Fury a good test when they fought. Obviously, Fury still won that, but uh, Otto Wallen still gave him a, same still gave him a good test. Um, you got a guy like Andy Andy Ruiz who, you know, still living off that upset of Anthony Joshua. Here is the thing. Um, against Otto Wallen, yes, let's 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 um, let's cheer, let's campaign for that one. Jared Anderson versus Otto Wallen. 
think that would be a good step up for uh for for Jared Anderson. Yes, yes. So um specifically about Andy Ruiz, and this goes to about Charles Martin. When Andy Ruiz uh, uh, um, had that upset against Anthony Joshua, when they called him, he they called him on a short notice, but he was already in shape from the last fight that he had. Um, uh, let me just get this thought through, and then I'll get back to that comment, Carl. Um, Andy Ruiz was already in shape from the last fight that he had. I forget who it was, who it was, but he was already in shape. So coming into the camp versus Joshua, he was already in shape. Maybe, you know, everyone, everyone, including myself, overlooked uh, Ruiz. He caught him, caught Joshua, stopped him, um, and then and then um, had the rematch where he had months to prepare and did not prepare at all, came into the fight 20 pounds overweight. Anyways, my whole point of saying this, Charles Martin going into this fight, I think he um, he looked in better shape than he did in his last one. I'm pulling a box rec to see when what was the date of his last one. September. He fought last September. So not too long ago. It's not like he had a whole year off. Um, he won by KO against uh, 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 Devin Vargas. Anyways, my whole point of saying that is that he was still, you know, somewhat in the gym coming in, into this fight. It's not like he's been sitting on the couch for, for two years and got a fight on two weeks' notice. Um, so that could be one of the reasons why he was still um, in good enough shape to uh, to go the distance and have good vet veteran tactics to to go the distance with uh, Jared Anderson. What else we got there? Um, Carl says, what about the fights Zhang when Joe Joyce has beat him in the rematch? Um, yes, yes, that's what I said. I was very interested. I'm very interested to, to, to see this this rematch. Um, Zhang was the underdog in the first one. I'm assuming he'll be the, the underdog in this. Well, actually, no, not, not assuming. I'm not sure who would be the underdog in this one. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. I was I thought Joe Joyce, you know what? I'm gonna go with Joe Joyce because I was I thought Joe Joyce was was gonna is uh on that neck that path to uh be one of those the, the great heavyweights, even though he's up there in age. Um, he hasn't taken as much damage because he turned pro later on. Uh, what else we got? My man Joseph Brown says, can't see White uh, would want too much money and too risky of a fight for White at this stage of his career. Uh, yes. Yeah, I guess so. But um, I guess the question for, for Dylan White would be, do we do we or does he believe that he's still at the level where he can like win another major championship versus one of the top guys? Or does he believe that, um, you know, not that he's done, but he's at the level where he can still make some very good paychecks against like the B-level guys or the guys coming up like Jared Anderson. So that would be the question for Dylan White. Does he still believe he has the shot to beat either Tyson Fury or or, or Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder or Alexander Usyk? That would be the question. If not, then let's get this fight with Jared Anderson going. Uh, Carl says, agreed, nothing in it for White unless it's a massive payday. How about Joe Parker? Oh, yes, Joe Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another good veteran. Yep, another good veteran that's kind of that is um, not done, but towards the end of his career and um, would definitely be a, a, a good gatekeeper. So, yeah, 
Jared Anderson versus Joe Parker or Otto Wallen. Yeah, another another good step up fight for him. Um, Carl also says, how about throw Michael Hunter, another North, North American who has not fought anybody of note? <laughs> oh, Carl. Give these guys some time, man. Uh, well, I, I, can, I can check box rec real quick, but Michael Hunter, how many um, – if you can tell me what how many fights does he have? What's his record? Where where is he at in his career before we start saying he hasn't fought anybody of note? Remember these these are step up fights, step up fights. Uh, Michael Hunter against Anderson, another American fight not, uh, fighter not wanting to fight anybody of note. Come on, man! Come on now! Come on now! These guys are still early in their careers, man. They're still early in their career, so give them some time. Um, I'm going back to the rankings here which I already did, but, you know, these guys, yeah. So I, the main guys, Joseph Parker, yeah. Get some, yeah, you know what, Joseph Parker or Otto Wallen. Is Otto Wallen a UK guy? Because I'm just thinking for, for Anderson, and since you want to throw Michael Hunter in there, um, Hunter has fought 23 times. Okay, okay, so yeah, it's about time that he, that he, that he steps up now. Um, it's about time that he steps up. I'll get into a deeper dive about uh, Michael Hunter next time that he fights. Uh, right now, it's about Anderson and Martin. Anderson is only at 15 fights, so please give him. Um, no, Ottawa is not from the UK. He's not. Okay, well, I guess Joseph Parker to give him that that uh, that UK exposure, that UK crowd. Um, Philip Hergovic. Not sure what he's going on. I haven't heard his name in a bit. Um, he's Swedish, is Otto Wallen. Shout out to the amateur coaches from Sweden that I uh, got in contact with when I was in Finland. Some very good guys. Um, so, anyways, Frankie Sanchez, this guy, Linier Perro, but nobody knows him. Martin Bacoli. Martin Bacoli, he's a UK guy, right? Martin Bacoli's ranked top 10 in most of these. What about Derek Chisor? Derek Chisor is still hanging around, eh? This guy, <laughs> Derek Chisora. Um, you know what? Um, you'd have to pay a lot of money, however. Yeah, no, no, no. They're not. I guess that. Would, I guess that would be the thing. No, 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 no. I'm still just because of the finances of it. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Anderson would uh, Anderson's people would pay that money for for Chisora, especially since Chisora is not even ranked in the top ten anywhere. I mean, it's it's a very good name, but Chisora is not ranked anywhere. Like I think Chisora would be like good for you guys, a, a good domestic, um, a, a good domestic fight because his, his name is big over there. Much respect to Derek Chisora in his career, but I'm just saying like his name is not as big over here to. To, to be like, oh, Anderson's fighting Derek Tesora. But much respect to Derek Tesora. Very good career. Much respect to him. Um, Bacoli would be tough. What does Anderson gain from fighting a risky fight against Bacoli? It's not that you have a, 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 to gain, but it's it's um, just two big just two big names, you know, two big guys fighting each other. Two big names fighting each other. Um I'm not. I'm definitely not comparing these guys to some of the all-time greats. Not yet, but you remember, like Sugar Ray and and um, Tommy Hearns fought each other when they were both in their early 20s. You know, still had great careers after that. Ryan Garcia and 
Ryan Garcia and um, Tank Davis both fought each other when they're in their, you know, mid-20s. You know, they're both going to go on to still have great careers. So it's not just about what you gain from you. It's gain, gain having a good fight and, and you know, putting good fights together. So that's what he would gain from it. Um, Canadian heavyweight, you'll have to help me out with a name. Oh, man, Carl Mack. Listen, we got some guys on the come up. We got some guys on the come up. Um, no one has bursted the scene yet, but, you know, much respect to uh, the Canadian heavyweights out there that are, are working hard. Yes, working hard. Um, Carl says, you, can, you, can't, you cannot put a hype job in with Bacoli. He will get beat, and the American dream of having another heavyweight will be over. But that, that again, that is your assumption that he is a hype job. That is your assumption that he is a hype job. I personally don't think that he's a hype job. I see the skills there. And again, no, no, you can't call someone a hype job when they have teenager amount of fights as pros. Come on now. Guys, 15 fights to call him a hype job. Like he's getting exposure because he has good skills and and um and he's doing his thing. Yes, cheers to you too, Carl. Much respect, much respect. Um but yeah, so there you have it. There you have it. I think that is that is the show for today. Once again, this once again, uh, yeah, that pick right there is funny. No, he's not Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson, but display some a little bit of skills of both of those guys. Yes, yes. If you haven't done it yet, please press the like button and tell a friend to tell a friend the scorecard. We didn't, there was one, wasn't much of a, a scorecard to compare, but uh, I appreciate uh, the comments. Once again, shout out to the Last Bell Boxing Show, number one boxing show from the UK. Also, shout out to my man. Who else was in there? My man. My man, Joseph Brown. Much respect to you. Thank you for taking the time to, to, to make a comment in there. Please come back. Um, shout out to Talk and Fight. Boxing YouTube channel and network, the number the number one boxing podcast network on YouTube. As I say it all the time, not just uh, one type of boxing show, boxing show on here. All types of boxing shows, from history to present to to specifically to the females. Um, shout out to Sugar, the champ. Show on Wednesdays at seven o'clock, seven or seven thirty. I wanna I wanna jump on that. Hopefully, jump on the next show to to help talk about um, Franchon Cruz and um, and the Marshall fight. That was uh, interesting. So, yeah, like I said, if you haven't done it, press that like button, and I will be back next week with another scorecard. All right, peace.